Good morrow to you all. You have fallen on bad times. Brought to you by the Royal Holloway Shakespeare Society. You join me, Theo Dudridge. And me, Subhan Hay, as we bear some bardy truths. Hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Bad Times. This week I'm joined by Shakespeare alumni Sophie Barson. Say hi. Hi. How are you doing, Sophie? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm tired. I've just done a show. Um, so yeah, yeah. It's a lot. yeah, it is. It is. It's a good time. It's a good time. For those of you who don't know, uh, Sophie Barson played uh, Dory and other characters in uh, Midsummer Nightmare in her first year. She played Juliet um, in Romeo and Juliet with both Royal Holloway and a theatre company known as Ruckus. Uh, she was the social sec of Shakespeare Society in her second year. She was chorus in Iphigenia. She performed in various Mappies. She was cavity in Mischief and Mayhem for Drama Society as well. So, um, it's very rare that someone gets to play Juliet uh, twice. Um, both for a uni show and for a uh, theatre company show, mm -hmm. also with members of the uni. Uh, for better context, uh, Ruckus was the theatre company set up by uh, some former students from Royal Holloway. Uh, IDSM for the show. It was a really fun time. Uh, so, you got to play Juliet twice. Mm -hmm. What was that experience like, uh, both at a uni theatre and at a, at a theatre in London? Uh, well, they were both very very different because at uni obviously we only had like I think we got cast in like January and we did the show in March so you have like two months to just like whack it out really 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 quickly yeah not that we didn't do loads of work we did so much work behind it but I think what was interesting the difference between it is when we did it um with another theatre company we I mean we did we weren't meant to have as long of a period of time of prep as we did because Covid yeah ruined it because we were initially meant to perform in Camden Fringe and like like July, August, August. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and then it got delayed all the way to December. So we had like an extra four months to do yeah. everything, which was just really like I've never had that amount of time to prep for a show or anything. So it just kind of meant that we could go really, really, really deep with all the characters and yeah. spend ages like dramaturging it, like prep work for all of them, thinking of all of that sort of stuff. But I think it was nice because we had a few of the same cast members. And a few of the same crew members from the first time we did it at Holloway. Yeah. Time. So it was very, it was kind of very a nostalgic thing. And it was <laughs> interesting to see how the show changed from the first time we did it to the second time we did it because it transformed massively. And I think it also, like, I changed massively. Like, the show really helped me progress as an actor. But it was just really sweet to think, like, we've been doing it for literally two years. <laughs> And it was just a really interesting progression. And obviously you were a DSM, so the show, yeah. when we did it at the theatre with the theatre company, it was hugely different to how it was at Holloway. Um, it was much darker, <laughs> much, much darker. But I yep. think the only way we were able to do that is because we had so much prep time and everybody involved in it, like put their heart and soul into it. And really, yeah. really, because we had so much time. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was interesting. It was it was also nice as I like played Juliet in my first year of uni and then I played her in my third year and I was like wow I've changed so much in those amount of years it was just very I know I've already said it but very like nostalgic kind of thing yeah I think that's the thing with kind of reprising any role or doing the same role years after you've done it like when you're younger um but I think with a role such as Juliet as well, and having done two essential two different versions of yeah. the same production, 
like there's a lot you can learn and there's obviously a lot of different directions directors will want to yeah. take certain characters and certain scenes um i mean shameless plug but by the time this episode goes out um it would have been the last night of shakespeare society's current show a slight mm-hmm. taming and the way that we've decided to take that particular show concept um, and put a spin on Taming of the Shrew, it's, it's, it'd be interesting to see kind of what happens if someone wants to take that up again and like put yeah. a different spin on it and some actors reprise it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that's, that's really interesting. That's really interesting. So uh, with your second uh, production of RNJ um, mm-hmm. and with your most recent production of Mischief and Mayhem, uh, both of those were performed in London theatres. Um, so you performed RNJ at the Cockpit and the Little and uh, Mischief and Mayhem at the Little Angel Theatre. Yeah. Uh, what was it like being able to perform in those spaces, particularly uh, during COVID times or coming to the cusp yeah. of COVID at that point in the summer? It was it was amazing both times, but both of them were very different due to COVID. Yeah. So RNJ. I think that was like the first time I know I got in the theatre, well, for like tech, obviously we rehearsed in there, we rehearsed in there constantly, constantly, constantly. Yeah. But the first time I got in for tech was when we knew we weren't doing any more in-person shows. We knew it was a live stream. Yeah. So that was a I fun day. All of us were just like, oh my God. Um, uh, it was a lot of emotions and a lot of stress. And I yeah. can imagine significantly more stress for all of you in the crew because you found out at the theatre before any of us actors traipsed in that was uh, that mm. was an interesting day because it was yeah. the day of our get-in and it was also the day if those t- those who remember the dark times when <laughs> London went into tier four yep. so what happened was I think I mentioned this on Cordelia's episode mm. recently um what happened was we were checking the news constantly and it was around I want to say like two o'clock in the afternoon between like two and three we got the announcement that london was going into tier four so and that obviously meant that all live productions had to be suspended but we had put like money and time into the show and it was it would have been a little bit like oh guess that's it then guess we're done but like rosie and i were still teching at that point like we had masks on we were teching um and then there was a moment where i think all of the crew came down to like the foyer we met with the uh duty manager or the manager of uh, the cockpit and he offered us the opportunity to be able to live stream the show which was incredible uh thing is because the live stream was quite you know it was a it was a great thing because it was scrapped together we couldn't really do much extra with the lighting so the final like film itself of romeo and juliet was quite dark especially with stage lighting because if you've ever filmed a stage show you have to make sure that like everyone's lit from like the ground up yeah. in order to like get everyone's faces and stuff. So the lighting was great job. The, the tech was insane. Thank you, thank you. The acting was incredible. Like okay. let's talk about that. That was some good <laughs> stuff. Um, yeah, I, I do remember when that happened because I got a call from our director. And he was like, "Are you okay?" And I was just sitting in my kitchen and I was like meal prepping like for the next few days. I was like making like yeah. a big batch of spag bol. And I got the news <laughs> and I just sat down and I just burst into tears. And I remember. Oh, no literally saying out loud in an empty house just being like what am I going to do with all of this bag ball that I've made oh, like what am I going to do with it now Jeez. but um yeah that was a very different experience to Mischief and Mayhem was I mean Mischief and Mayhem also got delayed 
because of COVID. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it seems to be a curse with uh, quite a few of the shows that I've done in the last few years. Touch but, wood. Um, touch wood. We went to do it in August. Yep, touch wood, touch all the wood. Um, we went to do it in August and then someone got COVID, so we had yeah. to delay it. Um, and then we did it in early September. And then okay. the getting was still very much like it was all masked and everything, but it was much yeah, less yeah. like, huh, uh, uh, COVID kind of environment because we were like, it was it was like early September. There were no more restrictions or anything. There was no like yeah. about to go into tier four kind of announcement. Yeah. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but that was also like a very, it's a very different theatre. Obviously, R&J we did in the round. Yeah. <clears throat> and then uh, Mr. Mayhem was just like end on stage audience thing. But it was a very, it was, it was also very fun because he spent like 30 minutes trying to hang up this like sheet that was meant to be at the back of the stage and working nice, out whether we nice. needed a ladder or who, whether I was the tallest and I could reach up. So that's good a really stuff, fun memory I have. <laughs> and also we had so much sand and like chocolate coins in the show. So anytime after we did any of those scenes, it was just like, who's going to hoover the stage now? <laughs> kind of a thing. Oh. But um, yeah, that was, I think also just they were very different shows. So yeah. R&J tech was the like then or like the when we were doing the dress one and everything was the knowledge of like don't push yourself too far because you have to do this as an actual show very soon whereas, yeah. yeah whereas Mischief and Mayhem was like it was just it I mean both shows were insanely fun but Mischief and Mayhem was a completely different like crazy vibe and it was amazing yeah. and I got to do it with some of my like closest uni friends and it was nice to finish our final oh. uni together it was really yeah. it was really really nice to do but yeah very different vibes but very fun just in London theatres is just insane it's just really 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 fun to do and then you yeah I remember the, the, the theatre the Little Angel Theatre where we performed Mystery for Mayhem they had a, a cat and a dog in the theatre oh there was this little dog that was running around everywhere which was also very very <laughs> yeah I can't remember I think it was called Toto I think that's great that's incredible I think it was <laughs> But yeah, it was, it was, I'm very lucky to have been able to perform in both of those spaces. I really relish that. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, so, um, you obviously did uh, a BA undergrad at Royal Holloway and you're now at Mountview studying a uh, master's in acting. Yeah. Uh, so obviously we've mentioned COVID and lockdown quite a bit. Mm -hmm. So obviously having done your third year in kind of a uni lockdown hybrid situation yeah. what was it like applying for a drama school like with all that in mind and yeah. getting in obviously because you're, you're <laughs> there now uh, <laughs> oh god it was it was it honestly not not as stressful now in retrospect as I made it out to be like it was all drama schools were doing self-tapes yeah ultimately so it was just it was just trying to work out that and working out where to film and lighting and looking at all the different regulations of how long it was because some schools were like oh no we want it to be a 90 second monologue and another one says two minutes so you're like mm. so but it's not a thing of like I think some people thought that we could just I think my parents were like can't you just like film two monologues and send them to everyone and I was like no they all have different time requirements you have to film them individually for every single school sometimes that was fun <laughs> um but yeah it was all applications online and then some were through UCAS conserve as well which was a nightmare um nice. but they were all applications online and then um you, you got an email and it was like a where you'd usually get an email being like this is the date of your audition or this and this and this 
it was a this is the date or when we want you to have yourself in by so it's kind okay. of a situation like that and for Mount View I got a deadline of um putting myself tape in and it was on like uh, one of, uh, something on Google thing and the amount of times I checked that I'd actually uploaded it was ridiculous um but and then they said upload it by this day I think it was like the 6th of April or something yeah weird I remember that but um <laughs> they we then they were like and you will find out if you have been recalled by this day which was a good and bad thing because it was like okay great so I'll know but then it's yeah. just on your phone the entire day like <laughs> um I had that with a few schools as well whilst waiting for recalls but I then didn't get a re I didn't get told anything on the day they told me they were going to tell me they told me the next day the oh, next no. morning so I was fully like no it's no it doesn't matter it was my favorite school but it's fine it doesn't matter and yeah. I kind of like got recalled whilst shopping with my family and I screamed really loudly in a super drug. Um, nice. It was fun. Um, it was the same weekend I got a recall for another school. So I was like, I was like, yeah, I'm on a roll. I'm on a roll, but don't get your hopes up. Don't get your hopes up way too much because it's just going to hurt. But yeah. that recall, my Mountain View recall was online. Yeah. Which was actually really fun. It was an experience. Like I had three, three, four recalls, three, 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 three recalls and two were online, one was in person. Yeah. Um, one in person was like way into like late June so it was by then there was less restrictions and all that but my mouth yeah. was on Zoom oh, um, fun. <laughs> and it was it was in it they managed to do it really really well like credit to them because it was a really really fun day but we had to do like we had to do like it was it three hours of improv initially fun. and it's but it's not like like um really fun like players antique stuff it got really like messy yeah. Got, our teacher, who's one of my teachers now, basically we got we were a group of thirty. No, there were sixty of us on that day itself, but we were in two groups of thirty and then split into two groups of fifteen. Okay. And it was we were told, oh, you're on uh, you're on a prom committee, and you need to decide the theme of your prom. And all of us were like, okay, interesting. And our teacher just threw out different like situations to us. So my situation was that I came up with the idea of a masquerade, and this other girl stole it from me, stole the idea. Someone else was oh. a couple we'd broken up. Someone else was the head girl who has a superiority complex. <laughs> it was all of that. And our teachers went, right, go. For like um. 90 minutes, just solidly seeing how we can bounce off each other, how we can make a realistic character with zero prep. Yeah. It was so fun. It was honestly, <laughs> that's the one thing I went away from that day. I was like, if I don't get in, I did my best. And I had so much fun yeah. with it. But we had that, which was incredible. For, incredible incredible fun does that make sense yeah incredible fun, fun. incredible fun. fun good fun good, good fun, fun. <laughs> um but interestingly one of the girls i like bounced off of the most in the recall is in my class now but we did that and then we had some movement on zoom yeah which was interesting we did like laban's efforts on zoom remotely which fun. was a really interesting one and I managed to hit myself over the head with a chair. Yeah. I like was like, they were like, pick up something new. So I picked up a chair and I was like, oh, yes. Floatiness and just whack myself in the head with it. And I was like, okay, well, that's memorable. And yeah. then <laughs> just like a Q&A with the head of, um, one of the heads of our course. And then we had to wait an hour over lunch to find out if they wanted us back for an interview. Yeah. Most stressful hour of my life. Just like, oh, no. computer. don't look at Gmail. And then I got the email being like, please come back for an interview. And I was like, yes. And then um, 
I just waited on Zoom for like three hours while they got through whoever else they were interviewing before I yeah. had an interview, which was just basically finding out what sort of person you are. Fair. They were just seeing like how, what you were like. I got asked why I wanted to train, why I wanted to train at Mount View. Oh God, I can't even remember what else it was so long ago. But <laughs> that, and then you just, and then after that you wait. Fun. Ultimately, and then you find out. <laughs> and it's great. And it was a very, it was a very, very, very happy day. My, both my parents cried. It was quite funny. I also Aww. cried. But yeah, it was, it was stressful, but I think all drama schools did the most that they could. Yeah. Honestly, and because they'd already done it a year before, because the year before, obviously when COVID hit in March. People, yeah. Like, people, some people had had in-person auditions and recalls and other ones had to go straight to self-tapes. And they, it was like such a stress for everyone involved. But this year they'd like, well, yeah. last year, this year, last year, this the ones for this academic year, they'd like yeah. worked out how to do it. And it was really smooth and it was really well done. I think that's good. But that's I think, good. I think applications for this year or next year, the next academic year, I assume they're doing them mostly in person, I think. Yeah. If they can. Yeah. Well, touch wood. But yeah, it was it was really, really fun. But very unique to COVID. Can I imagine? I can imagine. Yeah. So as um as you mentioned, you gave us a bit of a taster of what you do kind of what with some of the improv classes that you mm. do as part of part of the course what other things do you do on a kind of a week by week basis because it's a lot from what it you told me <laughs> <laughs> it's absolutely amazing like I love it but oh my god is it a lot because we only have one year so yeah it's just like shoving everything into one year Jeez, okay. so we do like I'm going this coming week is my sixth week of skills so we do six weeks of skills and then we yeah. do four weeks of a project so that'll be a play that we don't know yet We'll Christ, okay. next week we know what groups we're in and we know our director yeah um but we don't know what we're doing who we are any of it but basically in terms of skills we have it's a very like full-on week it's usually around like i mean our start time changes between like 9 30 and like 10 45 throughout the week and yeah. then we usually finish by six yeah every day um but we do stuff like we have two acting classes a week we have an acting for camera class we have so much voice so much voice class um voice and alexander technique which is um which has actually massively improved my posture generally i say this while hunched over a laptop but um we do uh, a speech class which is about like beginning to learn accents and all that yeah um, we have we have movement we have singing we have dance we have combat. I love combat. Nice. So fun. So fun <laughs> to wield a sword around. Um, yeah, I don't think, I think, I, I th I'm pretty sure that's everything. And then we have the three hours of improv on Friday afternoon, which is always a fascinating one. And then we have, uh, oh, we have uh, something called sight reading as well, which is okay. really actually very, just like teaching you how to, when you get like a script in an audition immediately, how to like do it that's and really good it is it's really useful class it's also just very fun and then um we have like career and industry classes which teaches about like spotlight headshots agencies agent interviews okay all of that shebang which is like so much stuff that is so integral but i didn't really think about Fair. um and then we do like we have something at the end of our year called a creative project which is like how it's like a creative dissertation ultimately because we have to do something like that yeah have it accredited as a degree 
so we basically have to we have a seminar and a lecture once a week about um a different topic and it's basically make your own thing Fair. ultimately you just make your own piece of theater or a film or a performance lecture or something yeah and a lot of people have taken that on and taken it away it's kind of like it's kind of similar but also completely different to like an fyp okay yeah but it's much more you yourself do it yeah and, um you get assessed much more on like the acting and all of that than you might be for an fyp but yeah, it's, yeah it's it's absolutely it's amazing it's so fun <laughs> but it is it is absolutely it's so much fun and you just you bond very quickly with people yeah because you have to like we had one of our fir our first week was like we did a performance which we call open space which is yeah. basically just viewpoints like a viewpoint performance it was so much fun but we had like i remember like a two-hour session when we just sat around in a circle and like spoke about vulnerability and i was like this feels like therapy this is quite nice <laughs> um but it is it's really really fun but it is like very very full-on so you just kind of have to you get used to it eventually, but everyone burnt yeah. out at like week four or five and all of us are now, now like ready to go again. It's incredible. It's, it's that, so fun. Oh, that, that kind of wish drama courses in general were just like that. Mm. Just, just a lot of fun. I mean, they are, they are. Um, acting for camera is something that I've wanted to kind of learn a lot more since I came to uni. So I did a Shakespeare on camera module quite recently, which was fun for improving that. But yeah yeah but no those those all sound incredible um so having done a drama uni course um what would you say is the main difference between uh, a drama course at a uni versus a drama course at an acting school uh well drama school is significantly more full-on massively okay. more like yeah. many 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 more contact hours <clears throat> much more about like you are in five days a week full on days yeah um so that there's also it's much more practical like there's a lot of <clears throat> oh sorry that's okay my throat there. but um <laughs> there's whereas like say for seminars and stuff at uni you'd have more like consistent academic reading yeah we do have some um some reading um for our creative project but a lot of it is like practicing stuff like okay. next week I get assessed on a 20 minute voice warm up that I make and um it's just a lot of practicing that and practicing dancing and next week I have to perform a song and practicing script work and going over stuff and a lot of that sort of stuff so it's a lot more yeah. it's less so you do a reading and then you're done with your work it's just like constant like huh? practice work outside of class yeah because it like makes it get in your head yeah but um it's a lot more about that sort of stuff and it's also like I'm really glad I did like a BA in theatre studies before because it taught me so much that has like informed yeah. this but it is much more like everything is focused around your acting where I say in like drama modules there's like if you do a performance there's your assess on the acting obviously but also like I remember when I did like a Shakespeare one the Shakespeare and ecology course in second year like you're assessed on oh yeah also how you work the ecology into it, how you do this and how you do that and all that stuff. Whereas yeah. it's mainly just you are assessed and you are worked on with your acting and primarily your acting, which is a lot more. <clears throat> it's also, there's such a range in age, especially in my course. Yeah. Compared to uni, like I am, I thought I would be the baby, but I'm the second youngest. 
there is someone who's a little bit younger than me (laughs) but everyone's like (coughs) there's a huge range in age it goes from like 21 to I think someone's mid-30s fair so it just it's much more like of a mix of age and a huge I mean obviously same with uni there's a huge background but it's just really interesting because some people have already worked in the industry and some people like me have come straight from uni so it's very it's 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 different but there are definitely comparable things i'd say it's interesting it's interesting as well kind of hearing stories of people who have auditioned for drama school didn't get in and are given some feedback something on the lines of like Mm -hmm. go out there get more life experience and then come back yeah I i remember before I was deciding if I wanted to go to a drama school or a uni, mm. uh, I went to an open day. Well, like a, I went to a tour at um, RADA. Yeah. And the guy who was giving the tour was a current MA student. But he he auditioned originally to do a BA there. Yeah. Didn't get it. Then did a BA at a uni. Then mm. came back to RADA, did a full three-year BA, and he's now doing his master's. Yeah. Like, it's weird to the thing with drama schools and uni in general there are so many different paths you can go on to kind of get to that point exactly there are people who've done so many different like degrees in like undergrad degrees who are doing yeah the ma because it doesn't really matter what you did before yeah ultimately before you go there but i think also definitely the thing about life experience i think is a thing yeah but it's it's more of a like like one of the key principles we're taught is to stop acting yeah it's I've a really interesting one <laughs> they're like you stop stop performing stop do, you're not stop acting one of the main things that i love so far and it's really hard to break out of is the idea of performing emotion yeah they're like you're not characters don't sit there and go right i'm gonna perform being sad now or I'm gonna they be, have, or I'm gonna be yeah. angry. It's like there is something that causes that emotion, and that's what you have to play. You have to believe it's it. Really, it's really hard. It's really hard to break out of that, like because that's what everyone assumes acting is, and then yeah, it's just much more about that, and also that everything is multifaceted. Like you don't yeah. go to a scene and go, "This is a sad scene," because there's different things in it. It's really, and you do learn a lot about yourself as well about the way that you approach like certain emotions and the way that affects you and yeah it's very very interesting but there is a lot of stuff so far where i was like my god how did i ever perform before (laughs) before knowing this Uh, but it's interesting nice nice i mean so final question i have for you uh regarding your drama school uh pathway any advice for people looking to audition for drama school either this year or in future years to come Go with your gut is the main one. If you look at a speech and you your gut says do it, but other people are telling you don't do it, do it. Like I did Juliet for my Shakespeare, which is one of the ones for drama schools. They're like, don't do it. All, all young women do Juliet. Like they recommend, people are like, oh, we recommend you don't do it because it is overdone. But I was like, my gut was like, no, you know this character so well, do it. Yeah. Like go for it do it because i like trust yourself that you know the right thing for you which is yeah. a really hard thing to do because it's really difficult sometimes to discern a gut yeah. when you're anxious or when you're worrying or when you care about something yeah but ultimately go with your gut and also just like there's absolutely no shame in rejection none 
like I got rejected from schools you just get told and then you're like okay it's not personal it never is yeah it's just it it is what it is <laughs> and I think also like I went in with full expectations of not getting in anywhere first year which is kind of I wouldn't recommend that because it's quite depressing yeah <laughs> but just kind of go in but don't if you get rejected from places it's not a reflection on your talent yeah don't let it don't sit there and beat yourself up about it because it's it's not a reflection on whether or not you are a good actor like it it yeah. happens they have so many applications they might you might not just be right for like i sent i did send one cell exactly the same self tape to one school got recalled for them sent the exact same to another and didn't get recalled for them like yeah. it's, it is literally it's potluck exactly it is it is and it it it's interesting when i talk about it because like people are like oh give yourself some credit and i'm like no but it is luck a yeah. good portion of it is luck i'm lucky they didn't have not you didn't have a girl who looks like me <laughs> yeah it's, it's like if they already have someone who looks like you it doesn't matter whether you're the that's most that's it you're done Acts, yeah. it doesn't matter they already have someone there's yeah. so many other factors that go into it and to also just like i'd say protect your mental health when you're applying like don't it's difficult to say this because i did this and it's really hard but don't get insanely attached to one school yeah just apply and be like what will be will be yeah and just kind of <laughs> trust the process like i did allow myself to get very emotionally attached to mount view which was after my recall but it, that was very <laughs> lucky yeah like just also just enjoy it yeah you get recalled i know it's really hard to say but just have fun the recalls are so fun and you're with a bunch of people who will likely all be going into the industry at the same time as you just yeah it. also just be nice be nice <laughs> and thank people just just be a good person be a good person <laughs> people don't thank each other enough or be nice to each other enough just yeah be nice but yeah I, it's really it's really hard because i don't even i don't even fully know what advice i would give me looking back in a year because it is just so it is what it is everyone's experience yeah. is completely unique but also like spend time searching for monologues don't pick the first one you find like spend a good i think um i don't know if you've ever heard of backstage but like yeah they they like if you put into google like backstage monologues they like have compiled a list of different monologues from different plays from different eras like whether they're comedic or they're dramatic look through those those are amazing those are amazing Incredible like stuff. i found my contemporary monologue there from something i probably would never would have found if not fair what was your contemporary monologue if it was it was a very fun one it was uh <laughs> from elsewhere by adam simkowitz and it's a character okay and it's like comedic but it's also highly disturbing because she's essentially Fair. killed this guy yeah um, as you do um she's yeah. murdered this guy <laughs> who she was in love with but he was planning to run off with her sister so she basically like was like oh i'm fine with it i'm fine with it and then like they were speaking in the garden and she essentially picked up a shovel and just like killed him and then oh, buried God. him and then dug him back up again and the speech is her sitting there being like, oh my God, I'm so, I'm so kooky. Why do I do these things? Kind of thing. It was, uh, very, it was very, very fun. <laughs> but um, yeah, that was, that was my one. That was mine. Incredible stuff. Incredible <laughs> stuff. <laughs> so we're now going to move on to the review section of mm -hmm. the podcast. And uh, 
you recommended a play to me which sadly has just ended its run because yeah. i did look up the date so i was gonna try and look in see if i could see it mm. it's a play called a normal heart which was at the national theater um it's a play about exploring uh aids and activism and anger at the gay community uh so having seen this play sophie can you tell us a bit more about it and uh, what your thoughts and feelings were so um it's written by larry cranmer 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 i think that's how you pronounce it i think name. so yeah and he was a key gay activist during the aids crisis and he went on tv and he got so angry and he shouted and he he's one of the reasons why um there was there became like support for the gay community and there was a um a charity he set up that i can't remember the name of but that's due to him and his activism despite wow. the fact that everybody hated him Jeez. just he was so angry and it's mentioned in the play because the lead character um ned weeks who's played by ben daniels he essentially talks about how like people screamed at him on the subway and said like oh my god you're like ruining the like you're making people hate us again this and this and that and he was so hated but what he did meant that there was creating an incredible charity to help gay men but yeah, the play is ultimately following a character called Ned Weeks and him and a group of other men um, setting up a charity and an aid throughout the AIDS crisis. And I think it's so incredible because it's a product of its time. It was written in the 80s. So all the anger and the pain is so visceral because it was, you know, written during the time. Huh? And there's um, at the centre of it, there's this love story between um, this character called Ned and the character called Felix. And it is absolutely gut-wrenching. Like, when I saw it, it, I mean, the entire credit to the entire cast, because it was absolutely, I, I saw it and it was absolutely phenomenal. It's probably one of the best things I have ever seen. And there's a lot of, like, it's very heavy at points, but it's so funny as well. It's so hilarious at points. But by the end of it, you could, you could hear people in the theatre sobbing yeah it was it was like a unanimous every single person around me was sobbing their eyes out yeah is it just i didn't even know what it is it's just so visceral and just heart-wrenching and there were audible reactions in the audience to certain things like there was someone who after something was revealed a character like a person in the audience near me just out loud just went what really loudly and yeah you could i think also it just it meant so much to performers because it was a majority gay cast uh, and you could see how much it meant to them yeah tell the story like especially at bows at the end you could see how proud they all are and how grateful they are and how much it means to them and it's just oh god it's phenomenal it, i one of my friends on my course saw the play the other day and she messaged me after going like okay i know you said it was good but i didn't see <laughs> that amazing but it was uh, it's it's a shame that it's closed because it otherwise yeah. like, everybody go see it um, well, it will probably be on national theater live i reckon at some yeah, point yeah I, I mean they always film things now even if they don't really yeah but it was it's also it had um liz Carin, who was in silent witness absolutely oh, okay. that woman is i love her she's great <laughs> um but she plays a doctor in it one of the um first doctors who was treating men with AIDS and also like actually trying to draw attention to it and she has this amazing scene where she basically screams at a bunch of medical professionals who like refuse to give money towards it because you know 
Home That's phobia. Insane. And yeah. Yeah. Um, she screams at them and she chucks papers at, at them of all her her like um patients being like, You want my patients, take them. I'm the only person doing anything, and just completely destroys them all and then goes off stage and, and everyone just cheers <laughs> in the audience. It's such a beautiful beautiful moment in performance where the audience yeah. is joined together in response to the play yeah and it's just it's honestly it i've not stopped thinking about it and every single person i've <laughs> seen it has also not stopped because it's just it's it's a play that is so needed and it's because none of it's ever taught in schools to kids no it's not nothing is ever taught about it it's just kind of like margaret thatcher's government and the i think it was reagan at the time they did, yeah. they did absolutely nothing. That's what, why I'm so good, because it's so angry. Yeah. Like, why does nobody care that we're dying? The whole thing. It's just, it's absolutely, it's stunning. Um, and yeah, hopefully at some point it'll be on NT Live. They have this amazing thing at the beginning where also they light like um, this flame that is it goes above the stage and is there the entire performance. And it's a memorial thing. Okay. I found out before every performance the cast gets given a little sheet of paper um, of someone who died from AIDS and their story. So every performer oh, okay. dedicates it to that person. That's insane. And it's it's just it's amazing because there's a whole minute silence at the beginning, and there's like it's just one of those moments where you can feel the atmosphere in the theatre. Yeah. It was just it's beautiful, and it reminded me of why I want to do what I want to do. There was also a Mountain View grad in it, so all of us were sitting there like... Nice. <laughs> like, hello. But yeah, it was... Oh, yes. Claim to fame. Claim to fame. <laughs> yeah, claim to fame. <laughs> yeah, I highly recommend if it comes out on NT Live or anything. I know there's a film of it that had... Um, that got released, like, nearly 10 years ago, but I don't think... I mean, the play was absolutely insane. And I think the uniqueness, like I've said, was the direction and... The yeah. And it were astounding if not if some of them don't get nominated for an olivier award i'm gonna nominate them for olivier award. sophie's gonna throw some hands i'm gonna throw some hands don't get nominated unanimously <laughs> all yeah, the awards uh, all the roskers all the roskers all the roskers i'll make <laughs> i will make so many roskers and just nice throw them. But yeah sorry i went on a bit of a rant there that it's is just, fine it's, it's no that's fine um <laughs> incredible stuff incredible stuff um so we're going to move on to our final section, a uh, very speedy section. So um, coming up in Shakespeare Society stuff, we have our AGM. Uh, so AGM is annual general meeting where we kind of look through constitution stuff. We talk about various uh, rep elections. Uh, coming up, we have a, a elections for our first year rep and the secretary. Sophie, you were, as we said right at the beginning of the episode, you were the social sec of Shakespeare Society in your second year. Uh, can you give a very brief word as to why people should apply for any committee role and what was it like for you? What were your favourite kind of moments from it? Well, it's very, it teaches you a lot, I think. Like, I, yeah. being social sec for a year meant that now I'm like so ridiculously organised about everything because you have to be yeah <laughs> because there's a lot to do but it's really rewarding um especially in my role because you obviously organize socials and trips and everything and when they go well it's really nice like oh i i helped do that that's really really nice um but it teaches you a lot of really valuable skills about like timekeeping yeah um, organization how to work with people um honestly it's just it's also just really fun 
like it's stressful but it is so fun and you meet so many different people I think one of the highlights was of my of when I was on committee was one was the performing arts ball because that, that was, was really fun was I so enjoyed fun. that that was one of the most stressful evenings of my life but it was <laughs> fun once we got everything out of the way and we managed to set everything up and it was all there it was really 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 fun yeah also, always the Shakespeare speakeasy was always a good one Oh, they're they're great. They're, they're incredible. Chaos. They are absolute. I think that, that someone. I think it was James hurt his foot. Yep. The first the first one I organised, and I was like, oh god, on oh, my first <laughs> first social. Yep. But it is really fun. I mean, we had to get a bit creative towards the end of um in my second year because obviously COVID. So we were trying to yeah. organise things online and all of that, which was which was interesting. But adaptability is a key skill that you will learn. <laughs> but it is really fun. It's really rewarding definitely definitely apply incredible stuff incredible stuff uh so that is all we have time for for today's episode of bar times thank you very much sophie for coming along um and uh being my guest on uh today's episode thank you for having me thank you very much for tuning in to this episode of bar times i have been your host theo dudridge and in the words of the bard himself that which we call a rose by any other word would smell as sweet. Take care.